It's been a crazy couple of days, but we're back and we're here to talk a few things around the lawsuit between ACC and FSU. Let's talk through what could potentially happen. Buying back rights. Could they be held to the grant of rights deal? Can Florida State just say see you never and pay nothing? All of that we'll talk about here on today's show, Locked on ACC. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere. We are talking all things legal today with a little bit of men's recap on hoops to sprinkle in, but it is very much a conversation around who is actually ultimately going to be right. Will it be the ACC or FSU? Will it be a heavy financial penalty for the Seminoles? Or will it be the ACC saying to themselves, yeah, pay up or be on your way? All the crazy things happen around here. It wouldn't surprise me if FSU gets off scot-free. But, you know, that's why we have these conversations. Kitten, how are you feeling? I feel great. I feel great. I, you know, there are so many layers to this thing. It's, it's like... It's like a terrible onion. It's like one of those white onions because, you know, those are the ones make you cry the hardest when you cut them up. And this is, you know, as, as the old saying goes, nobody wins when the family feuds. And this is one of those moments where I I just feel like the, the closer, the longer this thing drags on and the more stories we hear about this way or that way, it makes me sad. Like my personal life is taking some positive developments. I'm not going to lie to you, right? And, and lots of things going right. But this situation, just oh it's nasty it's just definitely messy indeed to give you up to speed for those who haven't been following along fsu wants out of the conference there is a grant of rights deal until 2036 which basically means that the acc has locked in all of its members and now you have fsu saying not so fast we were sort of bullied into this deal we don't want to do it we don't want to commit to it so we're going to sue you the acc sued first And now we're all trying to figure out how to be happy friends, not to be financially detrimental to said universities and programs or ruin what is a really, quote unquote, used to be a powerful conference. So that's kind of where we're at now. Happening on February 16th, there was conversations around whether or not the Florida State Seminoles will be able to buy back their TV rights from the conference. So there have been talks about a nine-figure penalty and buying back. ACC contends that it has the grant of rights still again through 2036, so the penalty could be around the $429 million mark. But some are saying maybe we can lessen that, you know, have it lower, $100 million, whatever it could be. There might be some oil money, some Arab, Arab money, all the things that there's been alleged alleged to happen. I don't know why you're making big eyes, but that's literally what it is. What? <laughs> uh, no, nothing at all. Go ahead. Proceed. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's been conversations around how to get FSU out of this bad boy, but it could be uh, literally all for naught. And if a judge decides that the ACC sort of did put themselves in a bad, put FSU in a bad financial position, could grant them uh, free of charge, get out of jail free sign, and they walk away with nothing or walk away having to pay nothing. So that's sort of where we're at. But can please chime in on where you feel like this is going to land? 
Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of different things going on in terms of a potential uh, settlement. That's the, you know a, a potential uh, buyout that's being agreed. Hey, you can we can get out of this thing as long as you're willing to buy your rights back. Which then begs the question: How much is the buyout going to be, right? Because if it's you know I've heard numbers as low as ninety, as high as four hundred, and it's like, well, what does that even look like? Or you know, obviously four hundred is too much to write a check and, and just go on about your way. And so you you look at that, but then you see sources like ESPN reporting that these are there are two parallel cases being tried in separate states. Florida State filed in Florida, uh, you know the ACC filed in in North Carolina. Those cases are running together, and it's 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 in it's just a very weird situation because let's just say they come out with opposite rulings. Who who wins there? Who gets what? Out of that type of deal, do you go to the federal court with it? What what happens here? And again, this is just a situation where everybody is going to end up, you know, paying a lot, losing a lot. It just it just doesn't. This this just doesn't feel like a, a good moment for anybody. But I will say this: if Florida State can't come out of this without, to me, a win for Florida State is leaving and paying less than two fifty. I think. You consider it a win for Florida State, mm, 200, 250. They pay less than that range. I see this as a win. ACC, I think it's the exact opposite, right? You get anywhere from that 200, two, I'm sorry, that 250, 300 plus range up. That's the best solution here because it's clear this is not like an amicable breakup. This ain't like a, hey, we're friends, you know, things just didn't work out. Sometimes when two people love each other, love ain't enough. This is, I hate her. I hate him with a passion. I'm a key his car when I see him. I'm a cuss his mama when I see her. I hate everything about you. I'll tell Miss Gladys stop liking my status on Facebook because I'm a blocker too. It's that type of deal. A hundred percent. Do you think Florida State walks away with not having to pay anything? No, no, that's not happening. That's not mm. happening. Like at, this is a bad deal. Don't get me wrong. And even going back to the Raycom deals, which I have talked about for quite some time. I said for quite some time that somebody getting their boy paid cost everybody in this thing. But very seriously, even if we go back to Swafford and those terrible Raycom deals, I don't think that they are bad enough to constitute outright, hey, I signed a contract, but I can escape the contract because they were so derelict in their duties. They were so negligent in choosing these options that it's very clear the damage that I'm doing just by existing in this space is worse than what would have happened even if we would have sat on our hands or done nothing otherwise. I don't think it rises to that level. So the likelihood of Florida State getting off completely scot-free, it's very, very slim. And the other part of that is it it then kind of opens up Pandora's box. And I'm not a lawyer, so so don't give me the line about the, the legal part of this thing, but I would imagine that sets a precedence in that court that, hey, this is a viable option out of any contract now. If you can find whoever worked the contract, whoever was doing it, if you can find them derelict in their duties in terms of collecting the money to pay you or going about ways to pay you, you can get out of a contract scot-free and then you get into the, the can of worms of, well, what is them putting on bad deals for me? Or what is them not acting in my best interest as a stakeholder 
in in the nonprofit or in the whatever deal it is that you're in? I guess my only question would be, you know, again, Noles fans, don't jump me. Like, how bad off does Florida State seem to be financially in terms of competition? Like, the reason why you have not been successful athletically is because you haven't been able to compete with the Big Ten and the SEC, and you, it's been an arms race. You haven't been able to do all these things. Like, is it strictly that? Is your Are your boosters not buying in and haven't, you know, put in enough to, in order to, you know, elevate your program? Like, what is the real financial holdback? Because it's not like the ACC, you walk away with pennies every year. Right. Like you've been walking away with a substantial amount of millions. But I guess what is the we're still just not in the space or it's not good enough type vibe. Well, I mean, there the the objective truth is ACC's payout is 30 million. Big 10 SEC, they're looking at 50 to 60. That's an objective truth. And America is the land of more. Let's just Mm -hmm. be honest. Right. If you can get more, you're going to get more in this country. You're going to find a way to get more, get bigger, get better. Oh, they got a private jet. We need three private jets. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got one indoor facility. We need two indoor facilities. They got two indoor facilities. We need three indoor facilities and a lazy river in one of them. When college football teams start getting lazy rivers in their facilities, that's when I knew, like, all right, there's there's way too much money floating around. There's way. Mm-hmm. Cut it back. Cut it back. These This is what part of football is this? Mm-hmm. What part of the game is this? But – you know, you're absolutely right in that it's not the money now holding Florida State back because the discrepancy isn't that big. And also Florida State compared to their peers in the ACC, if the money were what determined winners and losers, Florida State would have never had a, a down period at all, even through the Taggart era, even through the start of the Norvell years up until last year, really the last two years just about. You know, and you wouldn't lose to – Uh, a team like an NC State or like a Carolina with all that type of money, you know, flowing through there because they've always been a preeminent brand in the ACC. They've always had an amazing alumni base. They've always had uh, a lot of donations and all that good stuff. So Mm -hmm. the reality is the money is not what held this team back from performing in the past, but it's not just about now. One of the things that separate humans from most other animals, not only do we have posable thumbs, we have pattern recognition and the ability to uh, ingest the past and the future in a certain way that other animals can. When we look ahead to the future, yes, it may not mean anything now. The the $30 million gap may not mean much now because we haven't seen that play out over five, six, seven plus years. But when you're looking at a $300 million difference in funding between yourself and Florida, which is right down the street, the math starts to change a little. Yeah, but I also think that, you know, Florida sucks. So, like, as much money as they got, they're still not getting it done. So, I don't I don't know. That's just me. But I, I guess that we can end this conversation and try and just figure out, you know, where do we go from here? Do we genuinely think that this is You are happen? locked on ACC. Okay, music. Wanted to talk through uh, the first, our favorite friends at LinkedIn, because today's episode is brought to you by them. We all know that when you're hiring for small businesses, you want to find the quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn just isn't another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have the many qualified candidates. 
when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats that might not have the time or resource to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Go to LinkedIn.com by posting your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Kenzie Gibson, I here talking through the grant of rights deal, Florida State versus ACC, and what will come of it at the end of the day. At least there's some sort of potential resolution. I know there's going to be a nine-figure penalty just because that seems to be the way of the world for what we kind of live in. I'm very interested at this point. Where are you finding it? That's all I want to know. Where are you finding it? And not to be like snarky. I'm like genuinely, where are you finding it? Where are you finding the money to leave? And then where are you going from here? Well, you know, there is, it's, it's the, kind of the same principle as whatever happened with SMU, just at a larger scale, right? SMU, they talked about, you know, the uh, the old Texas money, the old oil money and all that good stuff. And, and it's, we oftentimes don't know. Let's just be very honest about these things, right? Mm-hmm. We can all pretend. We can all speculate. You know, you talked about oil money earlier in the episode. We can t- say, oh, there's there's some, you know, uh, there's some billionaire who graduated from Florida State who wants to help out, or there's some prince, uh, foreign prince or something like that who wants to help out and all that good stuff. We don't know. We objectively don't know. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those moments that it feels like this will be a defining moment for not only the ACC, but college football at large, because there will be bigger ramifications than the ACC falling apart or coming together from this case. You know, it's the, um, it's, it's the old horseshoe, uh, not the horseshoe theory, but it's the old story of the horseshoe that won the war, right? If the blacksmith didn't make the horseshoe, the horse couldn't ride. The horse couldn't ride, so the rider couldn't deliver the message. The message couldn't tell the army to fortify the east. They got attacked from the east. They lost the war. Without the horseshoe, they lose the war. This is one of those moments that feels like we're bigger than the horseshoe. To me, the the original horseshoe was those terrible Raycon deals. That Swafford saying, hey, I got some folks to work over there. Let me stop slandering Swafford like that before they come to sue us. Allegedly allegedly Swafford saying, Hey, we're going to go over to Raycom despite some people having better deals to offer us um, was the start of this thing. Again, that's what's being alleged by Florida state. That's not what Ken's mm-hmm. coming up with. That's what Florida state's saying in their lawsuit. So with that being said, from that allegation, we're now at about the middle. We're now at about, Hey, uh, somebody needs to fortify the East because the, you know, the, the, the Rockets' red glare is, is starting to flow here. We're starting to see FSU and ACC take chunks out of each other in court here. So, you know, you you talk about um, where does the money come from and the answer from me personally, I don't know. I'm not on the inner workings of Florida State and their financials to understand uh, where it's coming from. And honestly, there, have, there has been no clean reporting on a potential – source of revenue to pay out anywhere from 150, 200 million, 400, 500, whatever that amount of millions is. I'd be interested to see who follows suit after this Florida State thing sort of resides, right? Between North Carolina, Clemson, they've been the rumored ones to want to leave. 
potentially in Miami. You could see it. I'd be very interested to see that. I'll also be very interested to see where do they land? Because once again, we've talked about how like SEC is not begging for nobody, right? Big mm-hmm. 10 ain't necessarily begging for nobody. They're also meeting of the minds. They formed an alliance group about how to kind of work this out. And it really boils down to football, right? All of the we're doing all of this for football. So be interested to see how we sort of get those, you know, ducks in order and who sort of follows suit post that. But that's our conversation around the lawsuit and give you an update. We know we have been having that throughout the from the start of it to now we're probably getting into it throughout the summer so make sure you stay locked on that but there is basketball happening especially for the men and what coming down to the wire about who is going to be in the top side of the ACC tournament and who was fighting for their life in order to get into the NCAA tournament so Ken if you will uh indulge me in conversation around the men's hoops that happened on Saturday, North Carolina picking up a good win against Virginia Tech, who just beat Virginia here on Monday night, which, you know, every day it's a team figuring themselves out. North Carolina trying their best, Jennifer. They really are trying their best to hang on in there, and they can do really well at home. It's going on the road. It's beating teams that they ought to beat. Great check mark. It's beating the ones that could potentially dog walk them in the tournament. I don't know. It's still they see doesn't run through them. I hope we can get past that point and just put our heads down and, and play. You know, I'll I'll tell you what, Virginia Tech, Virginia, it's a rivalry game. Throw the record books out, right? Tony Bennett yeah. and all that he's done this season. And what I would say is probably a, a year where you looked at that team at points and you said, Has Tony Bennett lost it? Is he not the guy anymore? Like, is he? Did you see this? the score of the game? Or okay, no, no. But but this is what I'm saying. He okay. then rebounded from that moment with one of the ACC's longest winning streaks against some quality opponents in there, okay. and then you take a loss like this to Virginia Tech, and it's like, mm, you know, you're you're kind of wondering what's going on there because Virginia Tech at multiple points this season has seemingly been floundering. Right? If it hasn't been. Uh, Padula or Couture, they've been able to produce precious little, and yet they figure it out. They get a a win against their conference rival, their in-state rival, that right down the street in UVA. You know, what a moment there. And then you talk about UNC. That's a a team that whether people want to accept it or not, they are the flag bearers for the conference at the moment in terms of that. That's just Sure, you're talking about Virginia Tech and Virginia. Getting mollywopped by your rival yeah, 75 yeah, to 41 yeah. is pretty embarrassing, especially right yeah. now when recency bias will keep a team in or out of that NCAA tournament. 41 points. I ain't trying to see that. I'm not trying to see that. Ain't no lockdown defense when you let the other team score 75. And there's that's also that's also the, the criticism of Tony Bennett, even when everything is rolling well. Even when his teams are playing phenomenally, there's still the question of, why can't they fill it up? They're going to have those games, that half, that moment where it's just like, yeah, we couldn't hit the, we couldn't hit a Walmart from the uh, parking lot. Like that's just the reality of what we're looking at here. You know, we couldn't hit, hit a Walmart from the handicap spot in the parking lot. That's just how bad it is. But the, the reality is it's one game, you know, it's a terrible loss. Getting blown out like that by your in-state rival, terrible loss. Don't get me wrong. If they rival, that's probably a quad three team right now. Not a good loss. Not a good loss. With that being said, there is still 
a lot left on the table for UVA because they're a team that has shown in these past few games, the ACC will likely be, uh, even if Clemson struggles a bit down the stretch, which we'll get to them in a minute, there will still be a third team in here. This won't be a two-bid lead, not yet, as they say. The fact that we're even talking about two or three is really sad. Let's talk about how Jared McCain is making a battle for battle for his case to be ACC Rookie of the Year. But first, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live game, same parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official partner of the NBA. So Kenton and I talking through some hoops and Jared McCain showing the Florida State Seminole fans just who might have been boss over the past weekend. Duke beating Florida State 76-67. I think it was a good win for the Blue Devils, a necessary win. Florida State being up and down, but like one of those tier teams that like they really can make a case for themselves, have been in a couple of good games, probably needed that one to get over the hump of the confidence hump as they head into March Madness, but certainly a big win for the Blue Devils. If Florida State had won that game, I feel like not only does the opinion about the ACC change, but they kind of get firmly in that bubble conversation, in my opinion. I I really do think that with that win and a few more, they end up firmly in that conversation. But with that said, McCain said, I may be able to shake my hips on TikTok, but I'm going to shake a defender too now. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to show you all that I'm more than a social media star. I'm a star on the court as well. Because I'll tell you, the young man plays beyond his years sometimes. In those big moments, we have seen lots of freshmen flounder. We've seen lots of of underclassmen flounder in those moments. And yet he just – he has had a moment or two where you're like, what was that? But I'll tell you, he shows up in big moments being a big-time player. And that's honestly what this Duke team has needed at many points in time because – with all due respect, Filipowski has had moments where, you know, in those big games, it's like, can he get it done? Is he the guy? I don't even want to talk about the rest because every time I talk about Jeremy Roach, Duke fans say I'm the meanest person in the world. And I just hate Jeremy Roach. I'm a Jeremy Roach hater. But, you know, there are multiple players in there. Proctor is much in that same vein of, are you the guy that I can consistently count on the close? And the beauty of this Duke team, I think, is that there isn't just one guy. Right. There isn't just, oh, it's last play going to McCain, regardless. Last play going to Proctor, regardless. Last play going to Roach, regardless. Last play going to Filipowski. There's multiple guys that can get it done based on the matchups they have. And I think that's what can potentially help this team uh, do something special in March if they are to do something special at that time. A thousand percent. A team that certainly was doing well in March last year, but sir, is not even close to who they know they can be, is that Miami team who lost to Boston College 85 to 77. Why I feel like the ACC tournament is going to be exciting because there's definitely some teams that know they're better than what their record shows and better than some of the losses that they've taken. But I think Boston College is one of those, you know, scrappy teams that with Quentin Post can certainly make a name for themselves and go a lot further than people expect. Yeah, this is, you know, we talk about the ACC on the women's side. Anybody can beat anybody on any any day and night and all that good stuff. Not much different on the men's side. 
not much different on the men's side. But in this game in particular, this Miami team has been, you know, I wouldn't say severely underwhelming because we knew with the loss of Isaiah Wong, you were going to be a different team. But there have been some moments where you're just like, this ain't just about execution. You start looking at Lord Nega a little bit like, what, what are we doing here? Why are we not getting the in-game adjustments that Miami needs to put themselves in a position to win some of these games against the Boston College, you know? Right. Quinn Post is good. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's not like, hey. <laughs> nah, he's, not I just, he's not a world beater, sure, but he's, exactly, he's all right. Exactly. Yeah, but he, he's, a, he's good. He's just not like, hey, we can't figure him out. There's nothing we can do with him. So, of course, the Syracuse team that, you know, beat North Carolina got their top 10 win to fall short against the Georgia Tech team 65 to 60 because that's just how it goes, right? You know, people play up when they're a really good team and sometimes they, they want to beat you and then they sort of have that hangover game. And this is, I think, one for Syracuse. But Georgia Tech team who also beat North Carolina is a pretty dang good program. They're just young as hell. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, anytime that – Anytime refs decide to let players get physical with Judah Mintz, that boy is going to struggle. That he is going because I'm going to tell you, he lives at that line. His residence, you know, they 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 told him we need your new address uh, if you're moving out of our apartments. He said the free throw line, please. Just send all my forward all my mail that comes here to the free throw line cuz you can find me there posted on the block nonstop. That's where I'm going to be. But with that being said, again, this is like you said, that Georgia Tech team, young, scrappy, upstart team. This Syracuse team, they they performed fairly well for this to be their first year exactly. in the post Bayheim era. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they've gone through some things. But all in all, I don't think that they're playing much worse than many people expected. However, uh, the host of Locked On Syracuse, Jackson, did give me a very interesting stat about Syracuse. Mm-hmm. If they are to miss the tournament this year, it will be the first ever graduating class from Syracuse to not see Syracuse play in the NCAA tournament since the 70s, I believe. Wow. So that'll be tough. I hate to see it, yeah. but it's probably gonna happen. So get get your mind right. <laughs> Let's talk about Pitt and Louisville. You know, one job, you got to beat Louisville. It sucks because there is probably going to be one who gets dog smacked by them. Who knows when it's going to happen, but they're going to have that one glory, glory win, I feel like, before the end of the season. Pitt definitely didn't let them get that, the 86-59 victory. The Pitt looking like a pretty solid NCAA program team. It's just they definitely have some losses that I know right now as they're trying to build that resume they want back. Pitt's in that space where, like, you got to win the tournament. You yeah. got to win the tournament. There's no, you know, yeah. there's there's really not much of a, a hope for you otherwise. But here's the crazy part. Pitt has shown. Yep. They can beat the best. Very much so. Pitt has shown. Henson has shown. That brother is prime time television in college basketball. You do not want to look away. You do not want to turn away when he's got the ball in his hand. Something special is liable to happen any moment. So, with that being said, this pit team is is one that you've got to keep your eye on because then you start asking yourself, well, hypothetically, we know that they haven't had the season that they wanted to have. We know that Capel wouldn't want his year, what, four to go like this? You know, he's been there for a while, got his guys in. But with that being said, how many games in the ACC tournament would they need to win to, to right. secure themselves a, a tournament bid is the question. 
You know, yeah. that's that's a, a very valuable question as well. So just something 100%, to think about there. 100% agree. Last team to talk about over the weekend that had a good one, NC State and Clemson. Clemson team that, man, when you need to pull out some, this would be the one. You just can't afford to get beat by NC State program that, too, has had an up-and-down sort of year. But, you know, them's, them's be the breaks, I suppose. But, yeah, Clemson definitely on that bubble, bubble, bubble trying to get to that NCAA tournament. You know, everybody in Wolfpack Nation constantly talks about Coach Keats not having a quad one win. He said, yep. here, take this. Like, get out of my face. Don't ask me for nothing else. Don't ask me for Nathan, Nathaniels. Don't ask. <laughs> Don't ask. Because right. I'm going to ask you, do you got quad one win money at home? That's going to be your answer. But in all fairness, this is a Clemson team that was supposed to be the third ACC team in the tournament. And now they're seeming to kind of fizzle out down the stretch at points. And it's yep. like, mm, you know, with the way that people talk about the ACC now, it's so unfortunate that any loss is almost like a knockout game for some of these teams yeah. because the, the teams that they're playing are not getting the respect. NC State's not getting national respect. They're not. That's it. Do they deserve national respect? I'd argue no. But they're not respect as a team is like, mm, a loss NC State ain't the worst thing in the world. So, you know, this is the situation where if these teams that are on the bubble continue to lose, continue to look bad, I'm looking at you, UVA. I'm looking at you, Clemson. It, we may turn into a two-bit conference. A thousand percent agree. All right, final thing here. Tuesday night, we'll see some action. Syracuse, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, Pitt, and Wake Forest. Those will be some really good games. Make sure you'll check them out. We will recap them for you as we prepare for the week and give you, of course, any updates that we have around the bend. We know that is spring ball on the way, so we don't want to leave that out of conversations. But we hope that you stay locked in with us for Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.